1: It is eight days before Thanksgiving, and we're talking with Cubs reporter Carrie Muscat. And Carrie, uh, for months and months, uh, doing with the podcast. That is how I would uh, introduce you as Cubs reporter Carrie Muscat. But given the circumstances and the changing world that we now live in, I can say that uh, you, Carrie Muscat, the reporter for the World Series champion Chicago Cubs, it is still hard to believe that uh, I'm saying those words, and I'm sure it's uh, somewhat surreal to. Again, hear the words and uh see the words and for you to type those words uh for Cubs dot com is uh is this whole thing still a little surreal to you even a, a couple of weeks after the one hundred eight year drought ended?
0: Uh it's 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 just been tough to kind of uh uh catch your breath after everything that happened. Um, I think the, the thing that's been the most fun in the last couple of weeks has been talking to people who may not have necessarily been Cubs fans, but really got caught up in all the excitement in the neighborhood and in the city and watched the final games and watched Game 7 and just how excited they were as to what was happening and, of course, became instant experts on it, naturally. But it was um, it's, it's just been fun to hear from people who, one, from – People who, you know, generations, you know, I wish my grandfather was here. I wish my father was here. I've heard a lot of that. But also just, just to hear people who may not have been fans but just got got so excited about it and, and now know all the players by first name. And, I mean, I've had people come up and say, boy, didn't Hoppy do great, this and this. And uh, these people didn't even know who Hoppy was, you know, a few months ago. So that, that's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it's been, a, it's been an amazing experience uh, for Cubs Nation. Uh, literally uh, millions of people getting to celebrate something they never thought would occur. In their lifetime. And, uh, Carrie, for you personally, were you able at any point, uh, to separate yourself as a journalist and enjoy this simply as a fan? Or has it been so crazy, so busy that you haven't had that opportunity to really do that yet?
0: Uh, to be honest, I've been, uh, pretty busy working. So, uh, no, it's just, it's been a lot of work. Um, the, the, the team may be having an off season and the guys all may be home, but, uh, there's just been a lot of stuff to do, uh, in the wake of the the championship. So, um, I, I no everything's fine. Yeah, I did. I did like, uh, sitting down with David Ross and having him tell me that his daughter wanted her own champagne party. So what they did was they He went out and bought some cheap champagne, and they sprayed it all over her and her friends in their backyard in Florida. Uh, She got goggles and her swimsuit on. So little things like that are kind of – that's a little more fun.
1: That's stuff you love to hear. Uh, Grandpa Rossi now riding off into the sunset, and what a way to cap a career, not only winning a World Series, but homering, for crying out loud, in Game 7 in the final game of your career. Uh, It could not have turned out better for uh, David Ross, which brings us right into uh, my next topic is that, uh, you know, watching the highlights of the parade, uh, 5 million people in Chicago approximately to uh, to celebrate and revel in that entire thing. And for me, Carrie, uh, one of the most poignant moments was uh, Anthony Rizzo at the podium and, uh, you know, choking up and, and getting teary eyed talking about David Ross. I mean, it's no secret that he had such a big impact on this team, but to see, to see that in that setting, from Anthony Rizzo, I mean, talk about just how profoundly uh, he is going to be missed next season.
0: Yeah, David, David will be missed, and I, I'm hoping uh, he planned on talking to Theo Epstein after Thanksgiving about possibly coming back to the team in some kind of role. He could be, say, a special assistant to the to the GM or something like that, and be in uh, spring training and contribute somehow. Um, he, Ross's influence will uh, will definitely be missed, but I think that he. Uh, did enough for these guys and they'll remember and uh, I think he he left a very good legacy here.
1: Yeah, he certainly did. He touched a, a lot of players uh, such a professional uh, such a personality and that's somebody that you do not uh, easily replace he is going to be missed next year by the Cubs uh, that is for sure And, of course, uh, Kerry, the offseason slows down for nobody, uh, especially you, as, uh, like you said, you've been still just working like crazy uh, since the Cubs won the World Series. And uh, Dexter Fowler, uh, for the second straight year, rejecting the qualifying offer uh, from the the club. And I got to think that uh, we're not going to see a scene like we had last year in the waning days of spring training when uh, his presence is announced by uh, Joe Maddon and he surprises everybody. He's back with the team, assuming that he is gone. What does the lineup look like at the top, and what does the outfield configuration look like with a Fowler no longer there in center field?
0: well when when they didn't think that Fowler was coming back this year, uh, they were projecting Jason Hayward in center, so that could be that could be what that's one of their options. Uh, Jed Hoyer, the general manager, was asked about Albert Elmore Jr. I don't think they think that Elmore is quite ready. For the job full time, but he could uh he might break with the team you know and be used out there in center He's a terrific defensive player. It's just a matter of you know whether or not he's ready offensively. I think the bigger gap with Fowler's absence will be who's going to lead off for the team uh there really isn't a uh, an obvious choice um they I know Madden likes having Kyle Schwarber up high in the lineup, but I'm not sure he's a leadoff man. So that that's something that will have to be figured
1: out. And uh, you mentioned Schwarber, of course, and uh, I'm still in awe of what this guy did. I remember, you know, literally uh, broadcasting a game here from Chelsea where he was playing in the Arizona Fall League, and, you know, he, he gets a double, he draws a walk, he looks good, but you're thinking there's no way he's going to be ready to face Corey Kluber in the World Series in, you know, 40, 45-degree weather. How in awe are you of what he did for this Cubs team in the fall classic? I just – I can't get over it.
0: Well, actually, I'm not surprised at all. Knowing Kyle as I do, um, I would – I kind of expected him to come back.
1: And be this productive? Yeah. Yeah. I just – just
0: just knowing Kyle – yeah, not surprised.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that speaks to his character and his hard work that he was able to to do this and provide such a huge boost for those four games uh, in the American League ballpark as a DH and at full health next year. Uh, look out, one more weapon for this uh, very young, very talented uh, championship Cubs team. And uh, Kerry, to begin to wrap up here, it's been a great off season in terms of the awards. Uh, for Cubs players, we've seen Anthony Rizzo already collect some hardware, both a silver slugger and a gold glove. And, of course, uh, tonight uh, on this Wednesday, we find out if either Kyle Hendricks or John Lester wins the Cy Young. We find out on Thursday if uh, Chris Bryant takes on the MVP. Give me your predictions on all three of those guys.
0: Well, the, the Cy Young is actually pretty hard. I could see where a lot of voters might go for Max Scherzer. Um, he's, he's got 20 wins. There are a lot of people that seem to think that strikeouts are important. Um, I have a tough time picking between Lester and Hendricks, but I do know that Kyle Hendricks, when the Cubs needed a big win and it was his, his start, he came through. And it was uh, for a guy who started spring training, not having a spot secured in the rotation – It was an amazing season, and to finish as the major league ERA leader is is just really impressive to me. So that, just just on that basis, you know, I'd lean more towards Hendricks. But on the other hand, Lester, 19 wins, and had two remarkable months where he was unbeaten, and uh, you know, it's, it's it's just really hard to pick between the two, which is why I'm I'm worried that maybe Scherzer might get it. Just you know, sort of. The other two sort of knocked him out. So, but uh, it'll be fun. Bryant, I think, is is a no brainer in terms of the MVP award, which would be even more impressive. Here's a guy who's gone from you know top collegiate player to top minor league player to top rookie of the year, and then to MVP. That's uh, I'm not sure what he can do for an encore, but well, he's going to get married in January, so that's probably the encore. But uh, he's he's had a pretty good run.
1: Yeah, I'll say. Uh, like you said, to go from rookie of the year to World Series champion, to MVP, to husband in less than two years. Uh, Pretty darn impressive. We'll see what the voters say uh, both tonight uh, and tomorrow. And, Kerry, before I let you go, I've been asking all of your uh, NL Central uh, colleagues uh, a little Thanksgiving question as uh, we're eight days away. But uh, Turkey always the main attraction at the Thanksgiving table. That's uh, undisputed. But in terms of a Thanksgiving fix-in, what is your personal favorite?
0: Uh, I'm sorry thanksgiving what was a fixing
1: like stuffing cranberry, something like that
0: oh um, I'm renowned in my family for my stuffing
1: okay, very nice, very nice. I'm a stuffing guy too. Pretty much anything you put on the table, I will eat. And, uh, Carrie, I hope that things slow down for you. You can enjoy Thanksgiving a little over a week from now, and we'll do this again somewhere close to the winter meetings, I project. Uh, in the meantime, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Carrie Muscat joining us here on this Wednesday. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras Chicago Cubs.